Welcome to Hoof and Horn, a pagan podcast with T-Rex and Braxis Mudai, where we talk about witchcraft, paganism, music, the occult, and whatever else we want. song i love that song too where do we find that it's a hidden track on black market vinyls album preacher's son said the i think it's the very last song 
And you just gotta wait, be patient, and it'll come on. Who is that by? Do we a know? Band, yeah, a band called Zusol. Zusol. Uh-huh. And it has just a few members and then others that just join in for certain things and just do it whenever they feel like it. So you'll never know who you're going to get when you get together. <laughs> it's like a box of chocolates. It's great. It's great. <laughs> and it makes it different every time. <laughs> Interesting. Have you been, Braxis? I'm, I'm good. Yeah? What have you been doing lately? Oh, man. I've found myself making miniatures of uh, a witch's house. <gasps> and I was doing it for D&D, but started thinking, man, this is so fun. You guys should see this witch's house. I want to know how they shrunk the kid because I want to get shrunk and I want to live in this house. Yeah, it's... We're going to have to share it on Facebook and Instagram because it's amazing. It was a lot of fun. It's one of it's those amazing. things where you stay up till 2 in the morning, you know, doing things. And then you can't... You want to go to sleep, but then you're in there thinking of more things to do to it. And <laughs> what's too many things? And is that's even possible? Getting crafty. Yeah, it's fun. It's one of those things that you can think about when you're not doing it. And it's still kind of fun because you think of all the little things that, that you, you could add. Then I usually forget by the time I get working on it, but then remember by the time I get into it for about an hour or two. Right. Well, it's beautiful, and I think Thank that you. You, uh, you need to keep doing it. It was definitely a lot of fun building it. Awesome. Um, we are going to have an interview today with Morgan Jones, uh, Indie Pagan Pride organizer, or the main organizer. And... Uh, Braxis and I are going to talk a little bit about Pagan Pride. I went and looked up the Pagan Pride project. There is a website for it. And some of the history. I'm sure that many people have been to different Pagan Prides around um, their areas. And also, I always recommend people attend a Pagan Pride, especially um, coming out of some of the prison circles that I volunteer at because they're a really great place to get to know your pagan community you know fortunately or unfortunately <laughs> they're only once a year you know but um it's a good event to kind of get to know the opportunities that are around I, i've had a great time every time i've gone there uh, belly dancing rituals <laughs> stuff clothes that are yeah handmade mm -hmm. a lot of vendors uh, so it's a collection books. yeah it's pagan shopping it is you know it is. a lot is, of cool stuff there yeah and you know i guess my little anarchist heart to a degree um it does seem a lot about what am i going to buy at pride day however the vendors are not. It's not like Walmart rolls up and opens up their, you know, kiosk to sell us candles. These are small businesses, and it is a, probably a really lucrative and good thing for them to kind of get their their names out and their products out and their art out. Mm -hmm. um, There's a lot of handmade stuff there too. Yeah, which is which is, which is really lovely. Um, 
last year in Indie Pagan Pride, they even had some Viking reconstructionists. Yeah, you know? they printed a bracelet right in front of me. Yeah. You had to pick the runes and all that. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> so here's a little history about Pagan Pride Day off of the Pagan Pride website. Nobody really knows who first used the term Pagan Pride. In name, it owes its origins to the gay pride movement, and certainly it is a term that reaches far beyond any single organization. It cannot be copyrighted. The founders have always felt it would be a breach of honor and decency to copyright it. There are rumors of single local events using the name of Pagan Pride as early as 1992, though no documentation of these events has been found. We can, however, safely identify and document the first organized movement to support and encourage public celebrations of Pagan Pride in communities all over the world, the Pagan Pride Project. The history of Pagan Pride Project starts with I'm going to murder this name. Cecilia's Bright Swords. Now, Cecilia, I'm so sorry, dear, if I'm destroying that, but it is does look Welsh. So I'm, I wish that you could speak your Welsh <laughs> nope. language over there. Uh, Doer, participation in the Pagan Awareness League, or PAL. The organization founded after the Witches League for Public Awareness eliminated their state representative program in 1997. During her time as a member of PAL, Cecilia proposed a former, formal program to the PAL membership and director to facilitate celebrations of Pagan Pride on a local level to be called Pagan Pride Day. Uh, there's a lot of information here. Um, I'm skipping some of it, but people can co- go to Pagan Pride Project and read that for themselves. Um, there were 18 celebrations that first year, 17 in the United States and one in Canada. All were small, and while attendance figures were never totaled formally, a rough estimate would probably include about 800 to 1,000 attendees. Food drive numbers were not collected. While many local coordinators were PAL members, Pagan Pride Day was never a part of PAL's official events, and by the end of 1998 celebrations, the term Pagan Pride Project was being used for the organization, shortened to PPP. PAL soon dissolved and reformed as PACT, which has no relationship with the Pagan Pride Project. And so now there are different organizers all around the country and potentially the world. Um, I think the first Pagan Pride I might have gone to was in Manhattan. And I'm thinking 2010, 9, about there. And it was quite small. It was down in Battery Park, which is the southern tip of Manhattan, and some vendors and workshops and um, probably some rituals. And then I moved here to Indianapolis and had no idea about what this community was, who was in it, what was going on, and took myself to Pagan Pride Day at Broad Ripple Park in 2011. And it was an interesting event. I was blown away at how big it was, how many vendors there were, and how many people were there. Because I thought it would be super small, even smaller than New York City, and it was not. Um, it was, uh, we did have some struggles that year. The uh, I think it was the Catholic Youth League. Oh, this is a great story. Yeah. Um, you know, the people that do your, your, whether it is indie or any of your local pagan prides, they work really, really hard 
Um, there's a lot of organization that goes into these things typically. And um, at that point, I think it had been 14 years that Indie Pride was at this location and everything was staked out the night before where all the vendors are going to be. It's a big old map and apparently they all got there to find a obstacle course for a bunch of kids wanting right through the uh, right through the entire event and it was this they you know the park had been reserved for a year um, and we had some trouble that year I do remember um, the organizer that we are going to talk to here in a moment uh, walking around with a bullhorn and letting people know that there was going to be a news camera. And I just thought it was because news was here, there's a pagan pride event, sure. you know? But it wasn't until later on in the day that I realized why they were there. And um, some, unfortunately some vendors were heckled and people were being bothered and someone called the news from the opposing faction. And mm. I just remember being so like, oh my God, I cannot believe this is happening. It's terrible, it's terrible, it's terrible. And then I watched the news broadcast. And it, you know, it's something that just completely takes care of itself. And it was majority in part of Morgan Jones who were gonna interview mm -hmm. and how he handled it that, that day. And watching this person who had called, this father who had called that pagans are in the park. Oh my gosh, my children. Just sounding so ridiculous. And Morgan being so well-spoken and friendly that it just fizzled out. There really was no problem at all. And so, um, you know, our group has attended every pagan pride since, often doing rituals and have never, you know, I'm sure there's organizational issues or snafus here and there, but never seen that happen again. Um, but it is a good time. I'm trying to think of when the first one was I went to. Like, that? 2013 or? Yes. Probably. 13. Yeah. So 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Dun, 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 dun. I can count. Yeah. <laughs> what do you like about Pride Day? Um, that it's, you know, a different type of community and that we all want to get together and, for at least a day and, uh, you know, just be a community because mm -hmm. I think that's really important, especially in this day and age of, you know, what you believe. People play a lot into that mm -hmm. and it sucks, so it's nice to have a place to go and everybody's cool with each other, you know. Mm -hmm. I hired you to go to Pagan Pride Day. Yeah, that was the Corn King year. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I waved 50 bucks at Braxis and said, can you come play drums? I probably would have done it without the money, but once right. I well, I, money, so. I also, <laughs> you know, that's a, it's a, it was a travel. It was your time. It was a, a talent that I couldn't find anyone else to do. And that's just an energy exchange, dear. It was good. So, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed myself enough to go back every year, so. Right. I had good music there. Sometimes there was some craft making. Yeah, and it's a family event, which is which is really nice. And I feel like it's an educational event across the board. Um, I know, you know, s some people bring their families that may not be completely aware of what is it that we do and what is it that majority of pagans might stand for or 
dealing with some of the misrepresentation, you know, that we aren't doing what, you know, Hollywood or, you know, preachers might say we're doing. And so to kind of come out and while it is for pagans, I think it's also for the public as well. It's nice that the rituals are done by different covens, so you get a wide variety of right. what's going down. Right. I'm volunteering this year as a ritual coordinator Ooh. for Indie Pagan Pride. Good times. I know, I'm so excited. Allowing someone else to take some well deserved time off and, and fill that fill that role. For his role. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so maybe we should play one more song and then bring Morgan on? Sounds good. Alright. This is a creepy good one. The Pledge by Black Market Vinyl.
So one of the segments on our podcast is going to be called Witches or Pagans in the Trenches. And how I envisioned this was to discuss and talk with some witches and pagans that are working in their communities, working really hard, in some ways in the larger community, not necessarily invisible, but you know, these aren't people that have written books yet. So for our first Witches and Pagans in the Trenches interview, we are interviewing Morgan Jones. Morgan has been called by the Horned One in many forms since childhood. First called to Wonka Tonka, then to Hearn, then Kernunos, and since 2002, has served as a child and, of and priest of Pan, initiate of two Wiccan traditions and creator high priest of three neo-pagan traditions. He sees his path as a shamanic neo-pagan evangelist. He currently works to educate and share static worship through Tribulus Solo and the educational efforts of Tribus Satiori. I'm so sorry, Morgan, if I messed that up. Tribus Solvo and Tribus Satiori. Working constantly to serve the pagan community, he has been a speaker on multiple occasions and is a public figure and occasional media contact in Indianapolis. He started Horn and Honey in 2010 and has been the local coordinator for 18 Pagan Pride Days since 2000, as well as the chairman of Indianapolis Pagan Pride Inc. since 2004. Okay. 72 questions, no versions. (laughs) Hi, Morgan. (laughs) Hello. Hello. Thank you for being our first interview on Hoof and Horn. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. I'm excited about this. Yay. So I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about you. How do you label yourself as, you know, you label yourself as a witch or a pagan? Um, um, wow. Let's see. Um, I currently label myself as a, oh, wow. Let's see. How do we string all those terms together? <laughs> Neo-eclectic, shamanistic pagan. I like I it. Know. Something? Um, I love nature and I like to like walk around in the trees a lot <laughs> and I like it it's very important to me that the earth is taken care of right um, so I mean beyond that I don't really get it labels um, I'm a priest of Pan um, and what that boils down to is I think that you should live life very lustfully um, life was meant to be enjoyed with every ounce and own your actions all within that. Um, There's a lot of things that go along with that. It kind of breaks down to some other philosophical thoughts. Um, Beyond that, uh, I'm the priest of the moment, organizer of Tribus Solvo, um, which is a neo-evangelical, proto-tele-evangelical, I don't know what the hell we call it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. going to be doing live rituals where you can join on Facebook live and watch and or we'll have the ability to join via remotely um, so we're helping open up the ability for people that can't get out to join in a ritual um, very much in the similar veins of the old 1990s telephone rituals where 12 people around the country joined in a conference call <laughs> yeah. and yelled at the cat for walking through the fire but with, on video um, but 
ultimately what we what the thing that it had was community and that's really what we're going to figure out a way to capture even in this day and age um with the remote aspect to it um because we still need it even if we're busy we still need that connection um as well uh preach the pam thing uh i helped take care of a shrine at midian um it's a uh festival grounds down in southern indiana I run Indie Pagan Pride Day. Um, I've been doing that since pretty much the start. I've had a couple of years off. Um, I did take it over immediately, but I've been working on it pretty much since then. Um, but and then we've taken that to almost four thousand people at uh, the state program. So there's just I've got a lot going on labels wise. Right. It's hard. Um, and going back to that, it it I'm pagan. I don't believe in an Abrahamic law. Um, and I don't follow any tradition but my own so yeah I like that when did you know that you were you know how, what religion or were you related, raised in any religion and when did you know that you were bound for the description so, you gave us earlier or being right, a priest right. of pain? well um it was interesting because when I was growing up, when I was a little bitty kid, um, I did a lot of time in the woods with a bunch of teenage girls. Um, it set me up well for life. Uh-huh. And, uh, I Some things never change, man. True, because that's what my grandparents were. And down at Camp Gallahue, and I spent a lot of time in the trees, and I talked to those trees, and I listened to those trees. And I listened to the animals that were in the woods around me. And that's when I started to get my connection. Um, Then my parents, my grandparents were Christian scientists. um, So very uh, impassioned healers, which causes its own issues. um, Mm -hmm. As well as um, my parents were Unitarian. So there was a lot of uh, conflict, and my grandfather was disciples of Christ, and there was a lot of strange influence. But ultimately, I was raised a uh, Unitarian Universalist um, okay. from before they joined, <laughs> and um, I was taught to build my own religion from birth, essentially. Oh, interesting! Um, I could see that with a UU background. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that's basically what you're, you're done. You're, you're provided with the tools for the philosophical backgrounds for everyone. And then it's up to you to piece that all together and make what you need and build what suits you best and what you can relate to the best. And I've kind of turned around and done that with Tribe of Sobo as well and within paganism with the groups that I work with. Um, because I don't have a specific uh, anything that I work with. It's all self-driven and what do you need. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's kind of a different thing there. Um, but when I was a little kid, uh, my little brother was stillborn. And I was like six and I made a conscious decision that I did not believe in a Christian God. Right. And it stuck. <laughs> yeah, from six, I would say that's true. Um, I, I spent like from from probably eight to thirteen arguing with Bible thumpers, and then I stopped caring. 
um, because I wasn't gonna mess with their brainwashing. <laughs> right. Right. And so, uh, how long have you? Is it Tribulus Solvo? Tribus. Tribus Solvo. Tribe of the Free. Oh right. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I started doing Tribus Solvo back in two thousand four. 2005. Okay. Um, it's open public. Um, so. I want to say it's ecstatic worship. Um, very high energy. Very celebratory. Um, originally, I called the rituals revivals, but it was very traumatic for people. Really? That term. And oh, the term. So okay. hear a bit more about uh, your role as the organizer for Indie Pagan Pride Day because it is one of the, you know, I feel like the first time I went to Pride Day was probably 2011, the year that I moved here to Indiana and there was no uh, Pride on Long Island 
but there was in you know the southern tip of Manhattan, so the New York City right. Pride Day, and I could not believe, honestly, could not believe how big Indie Pagan Pride Day was even then, because it was, it had to be at least three times larger than what I was used to even in Manhattan, which was really yeah. surprising to me. Um, so yeah, what can you? Because it is an event. Like you said, there was almost 4,000 people there last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, so there, there's been some definite evolution to the event. And I'm going to turn a little bit so I can kind of feel like I'm looking at you while I talk to you. It's okay. Uh, so, uh, I'm sorry, I, I need the question again. <laughs> <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> I was asking about, you know, how large... Uh, you know, Indie Pagan Bride is, and right, right. how you got involved in it, and whatever it is that you feel like you want to tell us about. How many, okay. how many years you've been doing it? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Um, when you came along, I think we were just over a thousand. Um, and we. So. Pagan Pride Day itself kind of originated out of a discussion at Weird House. Okay. Back, back in the early 90s. And what is Weird House? Uh, well, mid-90s. Uh, Weird House was this really cool gathering place for metaphysical chicks and dudes. Nice. And <laughs> nice. Um, to come along and talk about all the weird things in the world that we believed in um and it was a lot of people out of mensa and oh. it was a lot of people from all the different covens and the metaphysical people um and the high magicers and the kabbalists and we all kind of came together and taught each other and talked to each other and intermingled in all the ways that pagans will um, and yeah it was it was every full moon there was a gathering at weird house the saturday full moon was weird house and uh it was run by a very loving couple who wonderful people um she has passed he is still here yeah um, and they sponsored, in a lot of ways, the pagan community in Indianapolis. Um, I would hazard to say the pagan community definitely would not be what it is without Bob and Sandy Metters. Yeah. Um, and Weird House, what they did for the community, just establishing a place for us to talk, let alone what came out of it with all of the effort. I mean, like I said, Pagan Pride Day came out of a kitchen conversation at a warehouse talk. Um, and a, a small group of the people from there, and then some people from Thalia. Um, and we made it start happening. And um, it came out of the Goddess 2000 project as well. It was part of that. There was a lot of activity where we were working on public education. Um, that whole spreading awareness so we can get rid of the uh, stupid rumors and that whole uh, eating children thing, all the other bad, right. horrible things that we theoretically do. 
that aren't nearly as tasty as they sound. Um, but yeah, and it, this was our effort because we saw the battles that we were dealing with. Um, there was a point where I had a judge do something stupid and I had to spend some time dealing with legal shit because of my own, because I had a judge tell me that I couldn't raise my kid bacon. Oh, wow. Um, and it's all these little things that made us do this. Um, and I'm glad that you don't have to be terrified to raise your kid pagan anymore. That right. makes me all kinds of excited. I, I love the fact that there's documentable proof in case history, case law, case precedent, that there is nothing wrong with raising your child as a pagan, wicked, and or other alternative spiritual path. Um, and that protects a lot of people, and that makes me really happy. Um, and then over the years, we went from 20 people the first one, and we'd grow a little bit, and we'd plateau, and we'd grow a little bit. And then we'd find a new regulation that the park had decided that we really need to follow, that we hadn't been following for a few years. Right. They're very gentle about those kind of things. I mean, they'd only hoop two or three new additional expenses every year. Um, <laughs> slowly and, but steady yeah slowly but steady and so that's how Pagan Pride became a beautifully uh, funded by business opportunity <laughs> mm. taxation pays off well uh, but it's through the, the vendors pay for the event we do a little bit of fundraising but most of it is there for the people We've done some outside events over the years, like belly dancing with dessert and divination and stuff like that. And it just works a lot better if we just charge the vendors. Yeah. Um, because ultimately, they're the ones making the money off of the pagan community. They should pay for the right to pay to be able to sell that stuff to them. I, yep, um, I agree. And that's how we pay for the event. And each year, all the way through up, oh, there's too many people. Now you need to use another parking lot since you shut down Bravo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I did not mean for us to shut down all of Broader Pole. Please do not throw me in jail. Thank you. Uh, um, that was an interesting event, I'm just going to say. Yeah. But we just, as we grew, we would also encounter new challenges. One of the long term challenges we had with the event was feeding it because we'd find food vendors. Yeah. And the day before the event, they'd go, oh, you're not Christian. Okay, sure, we'll be there tomorrow. Really? And not show up. Oh, my goodness. And I'd have a field full of hungry people. <laughs> so I gave up, and I made it into a, well, this is a Thanksgiving dinner. Everybody bring a dish to share. Right. I All remember that. The meat. And we made it into a giant cookout, so we had a community meal. So we turned it into more of a holiday thing. So we had this giant holiday feast that I will admit there were questions as to the healthiness of I, I guess it's really and that's why when the yeah. Board of Health said you can't do that because we can't look in the kitchen so the food that it's coming from yeah. I went you're right this yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> good point so and fortunately that's also when we were able to move 
so we only had to do that. We went to the food trucks, and it worked out a little bit better in the long run. Right. But I think that we lost a little bit by that, and I'm still trying to figure out a way to kind of recover that community piece. Okay. Yeah, I see that. That, that, that. that was a thing. I mean, yeah, you weren't sure where the food came from. I totally get that. I, I ate the meat, and there was some stuff that I ate. I stayed away from things like potato salad. <laughs> Cottage cheese, things like that. In the heat, right? You gotta think, be smart. It's not, it's not being mean. Just be rational. But you need something like that that everybody can bring a piece of and take home a piece of. Um, and every year we we move to another level. My, my target for my next level thing this year, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a water truck there. Oh, nice. a water truck. I'm done with plastic bottles except for reusable ones. I like this. That's why we switched over to selling the reusable bottles mm-hmm. so you can buy a pagan pride water bottle. Oh. But we're going to have a water truck there to give away water. Interesting. I'm giving it away. I'm not going to charge for it. Right. That'd be stupid. Right. Where you just come and refill your bottle. Yeah. Bring your bottle from home. Yeah. Or buy one of ours. The volunteers get their own special kind of bottle. Nice. So Ooh, yay. that way we cut down on those on the recycling. We just and we're taking back control of our effort to take care of our planet. I like and that. That's really the thing there. Right. By bringing that water truck, and I'm going to figure out how to do it. I, I, I'm still in the process of figuring out how to find one. So we could do it. And we bring in that truck. All right, buy a water bottle. Bring in a water bottle. There's no reason for us to leave this damage on the planet if we can avoid it. As an event, we didn't start recycling until, I want to say, six years ago. And that was because there was nobody to do it. Oh, okay. Right. What are you going to do with it once you collect it? Yeah. Everybody load up their trucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was, there was no way, there was nobody to separate it out mm. to haul it across the field to the recycling bin at Marble Park. So now we have it all a lot better separated out. We do a lot better effort with our recycling, but it comes down to manpower and we need volunteers. And the more volunteers we can get, the more we can do. Mm-hmm. Because if we have volunteers, then we have people that we can help make sure that we have somebody to man that water truck and different things like that. Right. So the more volunteers we get, the more stuff we can do. The more stuff we can do, the larger the event's going to go, the more volunteers we have. And, um, and then um, we're starting out another new thing this year, um, uh, Brute Squad. Oh, yes. The brute squad. So I am. I am your your ritual coordinator volunteer, which I'm really excited about. But the brute yes. squad sounds like a very good idea, and I have somebody that I want to recommend for the brute squad later okay. on. Okay. But yes, so, tell us what that is. The brute squad is going to be a thing where you get a T-shirt that says brute squad on it, and Pagan Friday, we're going to you're going to get your own design and all that. But what it means is. If you wear that t-shirt, we're going to walk up to you occasionally and go, hey, somebody needs help lifting stuff. Can you come help? This is not a gender thing. This is 
do you want to help lift shit? I don't care how big you are. Do you want to help? <laughs> right. You're part of our bird squad. And yeah. those are the people that help us set up the vendors, take down tents, move things, rescue children right. trapped under trailers that have been flipped over in the wind. I mean, <laughs> this is what we need. You always need muscle. So this is the muscle right. crew. Right. Yeah. We need people that want to help. Right. And you get a t-shirt and you might have to lift a couple things every year. No, I like it. And where does somebody who wants to be on the Brute Squad or volunteer in some other way connect with you? Go to IndiePPD.org. IndiePPD.org. Yep, IndiePPD.org. Um, I got us a much shorter URL. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's a lot easier than remembering. Oh, I need to go to IndiePaganPride.org. IndiePPD.org. So right. much simpler. So much simpler. Um, and I'm on Facebook. Uh, we have fan pages. We're on Instagram. Uh, we're on Twitter. Um, we'll probably hit a couple of the YouTube by the end of the summer. Um, just because that's the track that I'm going down with everything is video. Right. Um, but yeah, there's all kinds of ways to get a hold of us. We've got volunteer forms. Um, we have our meetings for the volunteers pre the event are all remote held they're all video conferences and you don't have to use the video so that it makes it so that it doesn't disrupt your life to participate and work on helping the community uh, because I mean really the easier we make it for everybody the easier it is for everybody to do right and what it, when is Pagan Pride this year Indy Pagan Pride October 3rd uh, 2020 you got to do the 2020 now because apparently people will go 21 after you write 20 Okay, 2020. Yeah, you got to do 2020. Can't just go 20. (laughs) (laughs) I still wrote 19 even when I tried to do that. Yes, I get it. I get it entirely. See? Um, But yeah, so, and then I, Horn and Honey. I want to talk about Horn and Honey. Oh, yeah, please. Um, It's a festival at Midian devoted to the gods and goddesses that are horned of earth and her fertility. Um, like Pan, Pernudos, Aphrodite, Freya, um, Astarte, Ishtar, Isis. I think there's a lot of gods that are very fertility and very earth-oriented. And it's kind of like a Beltane. Um, it's a fire festival. Uh, we have big fires. Um, hopefully we're going to have some amazing amazing music this year. I, I have to do negotiations for it, but <laughs> I'm looking forward. I think that they're going to come, and it's, I'm really excited. Cool. Next. Um, and, <laughs> it's all good, man. Um, but it, it's about learning, and the entire festival is a is a, is a ritual that starts Friday afternoon that you can walk into at any point. But it's a ritual for the entire weekend long. Nice that you can enter in and exit out and still be a part of the ritual, or not have to be a part of the ritual. I mean. Because I have, you bring them in, and then you start learning, you start blossoming, and you start exploring, and it's for newbies as well as advanced people, because we all have things to share, we all have things to learn. Um, the further you down this path, the more you realize that there's trees you don't know yet. Um, <laughs> and so, you, you I, it's the easiest way to explain Yeah, no, I like it. Um, and it's that sharing of knowledge, and during the day and the joining together and the sharing of 
our loves for our deities um, and then celebrating that love at night um, through dance and performance and singing and drumming and a lot of fun. It's a good time. Um, it's a damn good time. Um, yeah. And this is Horn and Honey. That has a website, doesn't it? Yep. Hornandhoney.com. It's, uh, yeah, hornandhoney.com or .org. Both will work. Okay. Um, and we have fan pages, Instagram. Um, a lot of the stuff for the uh, Midian is posted to my Pants Dance YouTube. I do walking tours of Midian as well as progress updates on some of the stuff that I do down there. I put in a road last year. Um, <laughs> nice. All by yourself? Road All man? All by myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> you'll, see, you'll be able to see it better this year when you go. Okay. Um, because it took me until Horn and Honey to put it in. Um, but it, it added a whole new level of access into camping for Midian. And so it, it's a whole other loop that gives back access to a whole area that you had to walk in from the road all the way back towards the road again. Well, this you just walk straight down from right after the gatehouse. You've got access into all that camping. Oh. As well as it's going to be graveled eventually and go all the way back around and rejoin the road. So it's another loop. Nice. So, uh, and then I'm working on putting in uh, some uh, creek access, seeing if there's a way to make it safe to get into the water down there. Nice. Because uh, we're on a fishing, it's a public water. And so it's safe to swim in, as safe as any public body of water in Indiana. Oh. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So if and what is Horton Honey? That makes it more attractive to people and more entertaining for people, more enjoyable. And these are the kind of things that I kind of spend my spring doing. <laughs> gotcha. Was it May? Is it end of May? May 15th to May 17th. Um, the way it's set up is that if you're... If you really want to have a good time, you can go on vacation from May 15th until May 25th and do our event and then go across 37 and go to Bella Florian and be an elf. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. And you can get a 10-day festival. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> that would be... Good times. Do I have anybody do? Damn it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a great thing that you can do that, and we haven't really, I haven't had any people take me up on it yet. However, it does make it easier on some of the volunteers that do both, right? Because they're able to just move their stuff over to loft and drive home, and then come back and do elf. Gotcha. So, because I'm a, I'm part of fire tribe and we do both plans. So, ah, uh, the red suspender crew, huh? Yes, the red <laughs> suspender crew. Those of us who like to stand in the heat and keep the inebriated out yes. of the fire. Thank you, Fire Tribe. Thank you, Fire Tribe. <laughs> Thanks, Nugget. Thanks, Nugget. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Glad to be here. Um, but yeah, uh, so those are kind of some of the things that I do. Um, did I get everything? Oh, there's Libertine, but that's an entirely different podcast. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but if people want to go digging and find out what Libertine is, go look for Libertine. Libertine is LibertyLibertine.com as well. 
Labor Day, uh, Libertine. I'll put all these links too in the in the show. And that's at uh, Midian, also, right? That's at Midian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's at Midian as well. Um, okay. Also, um, both Horn and Honey and Libertine are actually fundraisers for Pagan Pride. Right. All of the proceeds, all the profits from those two events, go directly into Pagan Pride um, because I don't want to make any money folks i just like to have festivals nice, nice. um <laughs> well we need so- people like you that's that are from a, organizing a commercial thing. You'll, yeah you'll later. yeah <laughs> we, guns you need that. the organizers and you need the people with the land and then it's yep. like if you build it they will come <laughs> yeah yeah that's kind of how it works so there there was a joke a long time ago um i'm polly and one of my metamors uh was jokingly described as the unicorn tamer um and um or unicorn trainer (laughs) and you're the unicorn and i was the unicorn tamer because all i do is give them a pretty playground to come play in i don't just try to make them do anything okay um i'm about fun i don't try to yeah let's just have some fun Um, but i think that's true though because trying to find you at some of these festivals is like I know Morgan did this. Where is he? Right. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. And so for Pagan Pride Day, I'm actually making a big change this year right. because since we moved to Marion County Fairgrounds, I've kind of lived in the building due to health issues. I need to not do that. I'm going to be out of the marketplace and in the center of everything so people can find me better because I miss running through the crowd people getting pissed that I'm running again. Um, <laughs> I mean shocked that this old man can move whatever um, <laughs> oh i've seen you around the fire morgan i know you can <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, a little. um but yeah and I, i'm just really looking forward to all of the cool stuff that's coming this summer i mean we've got like let's go back to dates uh may 15th through the 17th is horn and honey then um there's all kinds of stuff at midian this summer we've got may day babylon rising We've got NERF, which is Northern European uh, mm-hmm. Reformationist Festival. Uh, we've got Homesteaders. We've got a Goddess Retreat. We've got Libertine. Um, there's a Hollows and then a Yule. Um, and then my, my personal, like I said, I've got Morning Honey the 15th and 17th of May. Uh, Libertine is the 7th through the 9th of September. It is Labor Day weekend. Um, and then Pagan Pride Day is October 3rd. Um, at Marion County Fairgrounds, and I'm just, I'm really excited, and then on top of all of this, I'm starting YouTube channels, so, I don't know. You got plenty of time, Um, I mean. (laughs) I know, all this time on your hands here. I don't know how you do it, bro. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't either. (laughs) I'm I'm just glad that you do, I'm glad you do, for sure. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. shadow work and I'm making my priorities um, and I'm setting my life up the way I want it to be and I have been a proponent of living the life that I create pretty much my entire life um, and that's why I'm that weird polypagan dude that mm-hmm. runs stuff and um, I made it so a couple decades ago, I kind of got um, 
detoured from a political path that I was going down. And I've decided to restart helping down that path. Um, and it's about giving back. Um, I, I'm weird. I don't watch TV. I, I got lots of time to use. <laughs> ah, there you go. You're not wasting it watching The Voice, American Idol. Yeah, I, reality. Don't get Seriously. me wrong. It's okay to occasionally turn off your brain and do that. Sure. I um, Netflix binge here, you know, a bunch. Yeah. Sure. I mean, like, out of the past two weeks, I've been doing a lot of down sponge time. But, <laughs> okay, so we're done with the eclipse that actually ended with the release of the new moon. <laughs> it's time for life to start. Right. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, because there was a whole transition at the end of that eclipse that actually lasted to the new moon. Yes, and I was hearing astrologers talk about this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I did a lot of timing off of that. Okay. I pay a lot of attention to what's going in the sky above me and what's going on to the earth below me. And that's how I do my magic, is paying attention to those cycles and using the momentum of the earth and the moon to do my magic for me. There you go. Right? Tap into those natural... Exactly. Yep. Why do the work? It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, thank you so much, Morgan. This has been thank really you. fun. I've had a lot of fun. I look forward to talking to you some more besides on video. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Can I also video say, yep. uh, just wanted to thank you again for doing all the work that you do for the events. Every single one of those that I've gone to, is, I've had my best time. So thank you, Morgan, I'm very so much. I am so glad. Thank you. That means a lot. Yep. And it's awesome. growing. It's getting bigger every single time. Let's see if we can hit 5,000 yeah. this year. Keep doing what you're doing. I set this uh, this bar. I, oh, my God. It's so high. Let's do this again. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know on my end, I'll drive some volunteers your way, and we will get this out this coming week, and people right. can follow along. Excellent. Thank right. you so much. I appreciate it. Good to see you, brother. I'm so excited. And congratulations on the new podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're Thank kind you. of figuring it out. <laughs> I get it. I get it. If I can be of any help, let me know. Thank you. I, I, I do a little bit of stuff, and I've learned all I can from uh, the Christian churches that I can. So <laughs> steal from them. Steal. Okay. Take all their knowledge. <laughs> Woohoo! Get up in the church. I'm done. <laughs> well, that's a wrap for this episode. We had so much fun talking to Morgan that we decided to save trance work for the next time. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Morgan for taking the time to chat with us. Everyone can visit our new website, hoofandhornpodcast.com. For the full show notes, links, band profiles, and for this episode, information on Indie Pagan Pride Day, as well as Horn and Honey. Please consider subscribing to the podcast where you listen, and consider supporting us for as little as 99 cents a month. That's like three sips of a Starbucks, so supporters will soon also be able to get some really cool swag. Just wait till you see the stickers that Braxis designed. Again, thanks for listening, and here's Carbon Filter by Parenchyma to take us out.